Welcome to this week's episode of Run Your World. I'm April, and next to me is sitting... Quaya. And we're catching up this week because we haven't been together in a little while. We've both been traveling and running around, and we just are looking to catch you up. So I want to just let you know we do have an active Twitter page and an a Pinterest page. Is that what I set up? See, look at me. It's been a while. I, no, wait, I don't know. Anyway, check out <laughs> check out our WordPress site. It's runyourworldpodcast.wordpress.com and it has all of our links there. And hopefully you will join us and check out our Patreon link because soon we will have great extras for you so that you can become part of our community and not just a listener. So, do you want to start with what's going on? Oh, okay, I'll start. So, I went to a conference in California uh, about, I guess it's three weeks ago now, which was good. It was so nice to get away and take a break from having kids. And you never realize how much work traveling with kids are until you don't have them I mean to just take your backpack because what I do is I have a backpack with my laptop and then a suitcase and I just took it and just was able to walk in no chasing kids no pulling off clothes no taking off shoes no nobody running away while you're trying to hold one thing here and another thing there so it was so nice. It was so easy to travel. I just had my headphones on most of the time, and I listened to music and podcasts and whatever I wanted to. Traveled out there. Oh, so, okay. I went with NCBW, which is a nonprofit organization, National Coalition of 100 Black Women, and we, one of our members is the owner of a limousine and a bus company. So she offered to give us a ride down to the airport. Now, this is the deal. When we signed up to go, um, she picked a flight. And she said, here's the flight cost, you know, and it flew right into the airport near the hotel, which is great, except for it was about at least $100 more than I'm used to paying to fly out to California. So I was not down for that. And I was like, I was very hesitant. So I decided not to fly with them. And I found my own flight and my own flight flew into LAX, which is fine. But my flight ended up leaving like four hours after theirs. So the question was, do I go down with them yet end up sitting in the hotel, in the airport for four hours? Or do I sleep in and then go with the family and as much as I wanted to say let's go with the family the truth of the matter is we would have to leave around the time I had to take my son to school the girls would have been up there would have been a lot of complaining and then they would have had to sit on the the road for two hours just because I wanted to sleep in maybe another hour or two because it wouldn't wouldn't have been the whole four hours it would have only been maybe an hour or two more so I rode down with them so we actually got to ride in style it was a nice little limousine ride. There was five of us in there. Um, 
And it was great because it was like door to door, well, almost door to door service. They didn't pick me up, but I drove to the uh, transportation company. So you the car no, no, she drove us okay. in her limo because she owned a limo company. So we just, I wrote, I went to the limo company location, dropped my car off, got in the limo, and rode down there with them. I got there a little earlier, like I said. They ended up. By the time we got there, their flight was right on time. So basically, they had enough time to go through uh, go through TSA and then grab some food and get on the flight. Okay. That's all they had time to do. Then um, I, I went and chilled on my side because I took a different airline. They took U.S. Airways. And I took U.S. Airways the last time I went to California, and I hated the experience. Did you? I did. It was, for me, awful. Um, well, now that I feel like U.S. Airways and American Airlines merged, it's a little different. Um, but I don't know the last time you, you got on a U.S. Airways flight, but. Oh, I, I didn't talk about it here when we went, when I went to California for the Godparent ceremony. Oh. I don't know if I actually talked about the flight. I thought it was Delta you flew. No, I flew Delta out, but I flew U.S. Airways back. Oh, I thought you flew United. No, I, U.S. Airways. And so. It was just, to me, you know, you have the amenities on Delta where they have the charger for your phone and you can watch the television and choose some things and maybe you don't get the whole gamut of everything you want to watch, but at least you get something. But on U.S. Airways, it was like nothing unless you pay. Mm -hmm. And then you you can only watch it on your phone, which they don't charge, and there's no charger. So not only do you get to use it on your phone, but then your phone dies too because – you only normally most people have and that's a five-hour float five-hour flight yeah i had a direct flight so i took uh JetBlue. so oh oh yeah and it was very nice and on the way out there it was it was really nice like i the plane just had a great mood about it i don't know what it was everyone was laughing and smiling no complaints you don't hear anybody yelling and arguing especially when you hear i don't know if you heard about the guy choking the girl out last week on the airplane because she reclined her seat? No. (laughs) See, there's all these people who seem to be upset that people are reclining their seats. And I don't quite understand why people are upset about it. I mean, no, it's not the most comfortable thing, but when you're only paying $90 away to go 3,000 miles, you can suck it up (laughs) for... However many minutes. Or recline your seat. Or recline your seat. But over the years, over the last couple of years, this latest one, the person got choked out. The man choked out the woman, literally put his hands around her throat because she reclined her seat. Um, another one I heard was somebody had came up with this brilliant idea to go get a lock so the person in front of them cannot recline their seat. And so that caused a fight on a plane because the person was trying to recline their seat and they couldn't because someone had locked it and they felt like they were justified in putting their stuff on the other person's seat. So I didn't have any of that drama. And I sat next to this, uh, well, my, I always, I normally sit next to the window. I rarely have to go to the bathroom on the plane. I'd rather not get up and move when, you know, on the plane, I'd rather just sleep and then do my stuff and whatever. And I sat next to, for some reason, she was very striking. It was a striking blonde woman. She was tall. Well, actually, when I stood up next to her, she wasn't that tall. But she seemed tall, you know, tall and thin and blue eyes and 
she was reading National Geographic. And then when the TV came on, she turned on National Geographic. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's tall, blonde, beautiful. And she likes National Geographic. I was like, I'm so intimidated right now because I feel like I don't do enough of that while, you know, like educational stuff while I'm, you know, flying or whatnot. But I ended up talking to her and she was very sweet. She was incredibly kind. And so was a woman next to her. It was an older woman and she had worked for the IRS. And we just started talking and stuff. But she ended up being from Germany. And this was the end of a two month trip for her. Because that's how they do it. They take when they take their summers, they take their summers. There's no two weeks. They she was like, I don't understand how you guys only take a week. She's like, no, I, this is, I started in Bolivia and then went to Peru and now I'm ending up here because my friend just had a baby and I wanted to spend time with her in, um, California before, cause she's not going to come back for a while to Germany. So I'm going to spend some time with her, with her and her baby. I was like, and she's so nice. Yeah. Look at her. She's doing, she's, she's got to stop and see her friend on the way out of town. So, um, but she was great. And I found out that Germany has uh, traveling teams, national traveling teams for cheerleading. And she's a triathlete. Wow. So she's, oh, and she's studying to be a doctor. Okay. <laughs> and this is her last year. So this was like her last hurrah before she went into residency. She said she's going to finish up this year and then she has to enter into residency pretty much immediately. And so she... I uh, was reading National Geographic because it was a high-level English reading magazine. Oh. So it was kind of a prep to understand words, and, you know, she... So she didn't speak English very well. No, she did, but this was her practice. Oh, okay. Was okay. making sure she understood higher-level words than, you know, a lot of the things that you could pick up to read. Got it. So, yeah, I was like, you travel for cheerleading she's like yeah and you know I want to make sure because I, I asked her what specialty she was going into as a doctor and she said she wasn't sure yet because she wanted to be a surgeon but it takes up a lot of her time and she had these other interests that she wanted to pursue and so that's how I found out about the cheerleading and the uh the triathlons that she runs that she she does so I was just overwhelmed I'm like look at her she just doesn't stop I, I mean her free time is fun and anyway but it was a great conversation everyone on the plane was laughing that was not the case coming back I still wrote JetBlue coming back but the sentiment was not as friendly I mean everyone seemed tired and out of it and the flight was at like four o'clock or three o'clock so I don't quite understand why everyone was tired Unless everybody did the same kind of turnaround trip that I did. And they were just kind of out of it by the time they were coming home. Um, but the actual conference itself was great. I got a lot of knowledge. I kind of wish I had gone to one of these conferences earlier. I've been part of the organization. This is the beginning of my fifth year. They have the biennials. Uh, NCBW does not have an annual conference. It has one every other year. But then they have a leadership conference every year. And I kind of wish I had gone to either a biennial or a leadership conference before this because not just for the organization, but kind of the bonding and knowledge. Like I got to talk to the other people who went and find out a little bit more about the history of our chapter of the organization and find out more about what our chapter wants to do and wants to accomplish where um, other 
where you just don't get that when you just meet once a month. You know what I'm saying? Or you come to an organizational meeting. You just don't get that type of information. So I was excited to get that. And then, of course, finding out more about the organization itself and kind of how it all works. And, you know, the biggest argument or the biggest discussion was about how often we should meet each year or, you know, stuff like that. So some of it was pretty boring. Um, and then the big thing about the vendors, having vendors there, which was, you know, I don't know if white organizations do that often, but I find that black, every, every event you go to, there's like tons of vendors when you go to a black event. And so it was like jewelry and, uh, clothing, Tracy Lynn and, you know, just things women like to buy. So one of the things that someone was very upset about was you go and you buy something the first day and then on the last day because people don't want to haul it home they put every mark everything 50 percent off and so there were a couple people pretty upset about that they're like i paid full price and i could have get that for half price if i had waited but granted that item might may not have been there so you know this is not a ross or uh, a macy's where you know you might have five of them or ten of them they may just have the one and that was good. The part that was disappointing, the hotel, we were very disappointed in the hotel. Me and my roommate, I don't know what exactly happened. I got there. Obviously, she left earlier. They ended up getting there about two hours before I did. Not super far before me, but because um, I had to travel a little bit farther because they flew into the closest airport. And my roommate's key didn't, initial key didn't work. So she ended up sitting outside her room, waiting for them to come let her in the room and giving her a new key. Then she got in the room and something was wrong with the TV, so the volume didn't work. Then I got there, and it was hot. But I thought, you know, it's hot. You've been running and stuff. So I was, you know, I just sat down, chilled a little bit. And then I got up, and I'm like, it's really hot in here. Do you feel it? Like, is it just me? And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you said something because I thought I thought it was like me having my own personal she summer. Didn't be like the well, she didn't want to be the per you know, because she's older. So she didn't want to be like, oh. I'm, I'm going through the, you know, that it's my own personal. Yeah, it's their personal summers. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't know if it was a personal summer that I was having. And I, I thought it was just me. So I was like, no, it's hot in here. And so I go over the thermostat. It was only it said 65. It wasn't 65 like it didn't have it didn't show the actual temperature of the room. It only showed the number that you were setting it at. So we called down on the front desk and they said, we're sending someone right up like 20 minutes later. Nobody call down again. We're sending someone right up 20 minutes or so later. Nobody. So I was like, OK, well, I got to get ready for tonight. So I go take a shower or whatever, get ready. And as we're walking out the door, the guy shows up. And as much as we didn't want to leave them there, we're like, we don't want a hot room. So there's the thermostat. We got to go. Like we, we, we were literally walking out the door, waiting as long as we could. We walked out the door and he was there. So, um, when we come back, the room is hotter than when we left. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And we called the front desk and the front desk basically told us the, the guy told them that we weren't there and he couldn't, therefore he couldn't fix it. So now we're adding lying on top of this whole situation. I hope you got your money back. Well, obviously I didn't get 100% of my money back. What we ended up getting was uh, 
we got one night free for the week. And then out of the five days, we got one night free. So it was four nights, one night free and then free breakfast for the entire week. So it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad uh, compensation, but it was just the whole experience just was underwhelming because it seemed like they were not prepared to have a conference at all. So everyone stayed at the same hotel. You didn't have to, but most people did. What hotel was it? Hilton. Their name is too big for those types of issues. <laughs> well, this was the thing that when we went to that first event that night, the guy goes, the like mayor, I think it was a mayor who stood up and said, we just did a $17 million re- renovation on this hotel. And I'm like, so the hotel looked nice, but it was just very looked nice. Um, our rooms look nice. Our rooms did, but in the common areas, like the bar looked nice, but the, the floor that the conference room was, the conference was on, when you walked out of the elevator, you could obviously see that the carpet had not been cut yet to, to fit. And then the wall hadn't been finished yet. And then the button, like two of the elevators were out most of the time we were there. Um, there were just a lot of issues, just a lot of issues. And then so the first night after the event, the, the first like talk or meeting or whatever, um, they had gave us a conference night, like a reception. So we go to the reception. We're like, oh, okay, all right, let's go. And they gave a free wine, so we, you know, could all we could drink. But they only gave seating accommodations for maybe forty or fifty people. And how many people had COVID? Uh, the first night, not everybody, but at least a hundred plus people. And there were at least a hundred plus people there that night. So, no, there was no place to sit. So most people just left. They grabbed a glass of wine and left because they they're like, what am I supposed to do? Like. I mean, this isn't, we're not 20, you know, a a good number of the people in this organization are 50 plus. They are not standing there, just standing there with a glass of wine talking. They're like, I'm gone, gone. So they left. Um, Then we had to ask them to bring tables and they were kind of surprised. Then the next day, um, they did give us breakfast and we had to ask for tables there too. They did not give us enough tables. But the problem I have is most of the people checked into the hotel. So why are you surprised that this many people come to the reception? Like there's only one local chapter in the area and only six people came from the local chapter. So all the rest of them are staying at the hotel. Like I don't know. I didn't know anybody who did not stay at the hotel. So why aren't they prepared for the number of people who are showing up to the to it and because you know when you go to a conference they give you a conference code so you can uh block book and stuff like that so event coordinator for this because a lot of times sometimes like you know the event coordinator at the hotel or wherever it is is not thinking so much that's why it's good to have an event coordinator like if i'm planning something I'm going to call in advance, like, look, we have 150 people coming, so we have this. Are you going to have enough tables? Are you going to have enough chairs? Like, I'm the type of person that will call ahead for something like that, but, I mean, maybe they just figured, hey, they're going to look at all of the people that are coming, you know, for this conference, and then, you know. The sad thing is, yes, there was. There was an event coordinator because our organization is based out of D.C., so they got somebody local. 
Now, granted, I'm not even sure why they chose Long Beach because we, I mean, we have a local chapter, but the local chapter isn't in Long Beach. The local chapter is like 30 minutes away. So why they chose that city in the first place, I'm unsure. But yes, they had a, a, a an event coordinator and no, I don't know who to put it on, but I was very disappointed, whoever it was. Because even if the event coordinator was supposed to do it, ultimately it, the responsibility falls on the hotel because the hotel is hosting us. The event coordinator is only supposed to make sure things happen there to prevent things like that, basically. But we shouldn't have, technically we shouldn't have to hire an event coordinator to say we have, you know, 15 rooms with 30 people and whatever it is, you need to make sure you have enough accommodations for them. So the conference food was terrible, except for the first night. The reception food was pretty good, um, but they were just snacks. It was like fruit and chocolate and uh, hors d'oeuvres, I should say, and uh, some antipasta, stuff like that. And that was good. But the rest of it, I will tell you, I'm not even saying my people are pick, picky, but lots of things went uneaten. Um, and... But it was crazy because the breakfast that they, when we got the breakfast coupons, we went to their restaurant for breakfast. Phenomenal. Like they had an omelet bar and all this cooked food, bacon, waffles, all this stuff. All, everybody was very pleased with that. And then their bar downstairs, their like side food, awesome. But the conference food, the last night for the banquet when we had everything, you know, that was a closeout session. I would say half the room did not eat their food and less than that ate the dessert. It was like a cold, oily bread pudding. <laughs> and I saw the two, the other people at the table, like look at it and like poke at it. Like, like what is, is, that okay? what is this? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what they, they, they're like, what is this? And they're like, I don't know. It's cold. And they asked, they had to ask what it was to find out what it was. And I was like, I just didn't even get mine. I was like, don't even waste your time because I'm not eating it. Yeah. Um, one of the desserts was a key lime pie, which was brown. And I'm like, it tasted okay, but it's brown. Key lime shouldn't be brown. They're like, that looks good. I'm like, well, okay, it looks okay. But my crust was fall. I took a picture. I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, but I had taken a picture and the crust had fall like served to me. I had the crust had fallen off. So basically, you know, there were many individual uh, M-I-N-I uh, key lime pies mm -hmm. and all my crust had fallen off onto the plate. Everybody else's looked all nice. I'm like, my crust is all over the plate. Like, it was just falling off as it. <sighs> Let, let's just say I was disappointed by the hotel itself. Um, we ended up also changing rooms based okay, on the fact. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. As soon as we got in, we're, we're like, we're sweating just sitting here. We can't. And it was a record heat that weekend. Okay. And not to say we wouldn't have wanted to change rooms, but we wouldn't have been upset, as upset if he had just said, you know, I couldn't fix it. Yeah. But instead it was, oh, no one came to your room. Yeah. No one decided to check it out and see and you weren't there so we weren't gonna go in your room. I'm like if I called you three times to tell you the room is hot if I'm not here you think the appropriate response is to not like find me or something you just let it go I called you three times in the last two hours so 
it was a mess, but it was a it seemed to be a mess for a lot of people because the breakfast coupons, the guy literally was just like, "Do you have a breakfast coupon?" <laughs> because they were just giving them out left and right to accommodate people. Yeah, it probably was just one of those bad weeks that you know establishments have maybe you know all the veterans was on vacation and they had newbies and you know but at least you got something from the conference right and you know it was nice for you to get away so it was more good than bad right oh yeah yeah no i i would i can't complain about going like i said the the conference and the people were great i met so many people from all over the country. I mean, St. Louis, the Bay Area. I knew I've met people who knew my when I went out to California to the Bay for uh uh in August, I met people who knew my friend's mom. Oh. Um, so, I mean, it was just I it was incredible. I mean, I was definitely happy I went. I would never have exchanged it even with the hotel. I just think I, I agree. I think the hotel's going through some kind of turnover or something because yeah. they said they were short staffed their shuttle doesn't go to i mean it, it's a list like, it. like, with, like i'm picturing it in my head and i'm like i just see people going crazy because they just don't know what to do or whatever the case is which i mean it's not an excuse but it's you know it's tough and i would have been really annoyed too like i would have tried to get <laughs> all of my money back but that's just the kind of person that i am i feel like you're running a business you need to be prepared for things like that. Like, you know, someone's checking into a room. You need to make sure that the temperature is good because you don't want a lawsuit if someone passes out from heat stroke or something like that. You know, cover your bases. You're not new to this. Yeah, and that was the thing. It wasn't It wasn't that it was, I mean, obviously I've stayed in motels that didn't have the accommodations, but I'm paying. Motels. Right, motels, right. motels. Oh, and that was the other thing. Okay, so when I checked in, me and my roommate split the room. And so when she checked in, she said, you know, my roommate's coming, put me down right now. But when she checks in, she's going to take half the room cost. So I check in, I take half the room cost. Then I'm told by one of the people who came with me and she said, check your bill because she had gotten charged the 100% of the fee mm -hmm. of the entire room fee for the week. And so I checked my bill and there, sure enough, there was a $733 charge, like pending charge uh, on my bill. And I understand that the, the hotels take off a certain amount, but one, they normally don't take out a hundred percent. And two, they're supposed to tell you before you do that, because what if for some reason I was expecting to use that money for this trip and all of a sudden you just put pending for $733. So I had to go talk to them about that. And then when I checked out, they ended up putting 100% of the bill on my mine. They didn't put anything on hers at all. So it was just, and then, oh, and then they had the nerve on the last day. And this is what I think just put the icing on the cake for me that just pissed me off to no end. They decided to do a casual day on the last day. I don't quite know why. A casual day? Yes. I mean, and to the up, I think they were trying to do breast cancer awareness because everybody was wearing pink. For the, um, oh, the, um, the hotel staff. The hotel staff. Okay. So you're already lacking professionalism and you're having a lot of issues. So you think it's a great thing to come in jeans and a t-shirt on the last day? <laughs> like not even a formal, like pink polo yeah. or dress pink shirt. 
No, jeans and a t-shirt. I wouldn't have even known who the staffers were because I don't even think everybody had a name tag. It was just they happened to be behind the desk. So it was it was a bit much, let's just say that. But yes, I was very happy to go. It was, uh, I learned so much about our organization and like I didn't even know we were supposed to be doing international things. We have someone who uh, sits on the UN for our organization and we're supposed to have an international outreach at all, all of our chapters. I'd never heard that before. I don't know whose fault that is, but it's interesting and it's good. It's good to learn those things so we can push to be better. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I also felt was interesting was that the model chapters um, all had over 100 people in their chapter, mm -hmm. which on one hand makes sense why they can be a model chapter because they have more hands. But on the other hand, I thought we had like such a great year last year. It was disappointing for them to say that we didn't have a great year because we could not accomplish more because we only have 30 people in our, mm -hmm. in our chapter. So, but it's something to work towards and aspire right. to. So it came back, we came back with a lot of talking point, points. Our first meeting back ended up going almost three hours. And okay. normally our, our meetings are like an hour and a half, maybe two. And this one went almost three and it literally got cut off because we had uh incoming speaker and another event that we were supposed to go to. So we could s start this year off running. Okay. So we had a bunch of things going on on the same day, but it was great. And um, that's, I think all for that. Um, do you have anything to talk about? <laughs> well, I don't think my last couple of weeks have been, you know, that interesting. I didn't take any trips. Um, oddly, I think I, you know, did all of my traveling over the summer, as you guys, you know, may remember, <laughs> you know, from the Bahamas to, well, I am going to be going to St. Thomas in three weeks for my friend's um, 25th birthday. So I'm really looking forward to that. And it's going to be me and two of my really good friends from high school. We call ourselves like the trio um, because it's been us for a long time. And I'm really looking forward to that time with them. But for the most part, I've just been focusing on wedding stuff. So I'm getting married in July. And um, so wedding stuff is, it, it can be stressful, you know, because you just want, you know, this is only going to happen once. So you want everything to be perfect. Right. And you want to make sure, like, you know, the vision that you see in your head, you want it to come to fruition. Like, you want it to look good. But my problem is that I don't, I have to understand that I can't control everything. Most things on that day is going to be out of my control. I can only do but so much. Even when it comes down to the bachelorette party and the bridal shower, like my maid of honor told me, she's like, okay, I know you're a control freak and you're a type A personality, but you're going to have to let me do what I need to do. And that was a, a little bit of a wake up call for me because I found myself planning my own bachelorette party. Like I was like, oh, we're going to do this and I don't want this. And like, let's go to this, let's go to this restaurant and everything else. And they're like, so do you need us to do anything? So I just decided to like, you know, take a step back and just focus on other things. So like my dress. I did say yes to the dress, and I, I found a dress while my mom was here. Yeah. 
So I'm really excited. And getting my dress was like, wow, this is really happening. So before you have the ring and everything, and it's like, ah, yeah, you got the venue. But when you put that dress on and you and it's your dress and you, you know, put the deposit down, you're like, wow, I'm really getting married. Um, and then I finalized like the last week was just that whole week was pretty great because I got my dress and I finalized the colors I was back and forth with colors a lot because, you know, my sister is getting married next year in October, too. And I thought we were on the same page as far as what colors we were going to be doing. I thought she was going more with the fall look with like red and stuff like that. But then turns out she wanted to do coral. And then me and my fiance had said we wanted to do coral. And I'm like, oh, we both can't have coral. <laughs> I mean, we both can technically because we don't have to use it the same way, but I mean, we're already getting married the same year. We're sisters. Family's going to compare. So let's just give them one less thing, you know, to have to talk about. (laughs) Right, you know. Um, And already people are saying, oh, Quay is getting married before Kwamea. She's rude and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I already told them I was not having a longer than a year engagement because I just didn't want to. My sister booked, you know, she got her venue late, but she's okay with it. And I told her. I'm going to be getting married before you because I'm not waiting until 2017. And are you okay with that? And she was. I I don't think if you have an engagement more than two years, you have the right to say no one could get married before you. That is, that's not fair. Yeah, no. And she wasn't, you know, a lot of times, especially in my family, it's not like, you know, me and my sisters were really close. We have an understanding, but it's just other family members, you know, talking noise or whatever, but we're good. Um, so yeah, she decided that she wasn't going to do red or the fall colors anymore. She was going to do coral. So that put me in a tough position because I'm like, like, you know, first of all, that's my older sister. So it's still kind of like, I don't want to have the same colors as her. I want, you know, I want it to be very different, but both beautiful and both unique. Um, but then we kind of worked it out. And then I'm like, it's my day too. So I can't always, anytime she comes up with something, I can't always be the one to be like, well, you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's okay. Um, So we still are going to use coral, but coral is not my main color. And I actually think she went back to doing like red. So all of that whole emotional up and down thing I went through was for no reason. Um, But yeah, so that's great. And I found the bridesmaids dresses. So they're going to be, yeah, they're going to be, ordering those really soon. So I'm excited because by the end of the year, I want to have everything pretty much done. Like I want everyone to have their dresses. I have my dress. So that way 2016 can just be the fun stuff, right? Like, you know, we have the bridal shower, we'll have the bachelorette and then people can plan a lot further in advance, you know? So I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, me and my fiance started premarital counseling. So that's a lot of fun. No, it really is. I, I, I enjoy it because a lot of times, you know, especially both of us being Christians and believers, we want to make sure that we understand the foundation and, and what marriage really is. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't get it. Like, oh, we've been together for like 10 years, so let's just get married. And when you go through premarital premarital counseling, a lot of different issues come up or a lot of different topics that you don't think to talk about in just everyday life, you know? So it's good to kind of, you know, talk about it and see where, you know, everyone stands. Well, you and your fiance stands when it comes to that. So that's really all that's been going on. Work is pretty, 
stressful. I'm in a new role, learning a new role. It's a lot of different changes happening, but I'm trying to just focus on planning my wedding and, you know, not focus on work too much. And I don't say that meaning like I don't care, but like I'm just not going to let it stress me out because there's so much more to life than just, you know, working your nine to five and getting a paycheck. Oh, I just wanted to put my two cents in on the marital counseling because I I I think it's short change like about going to marital counseling and Christians seem to go through it a lot because a lot of pastors mandate oh, yeah. uh, marital counseling yeah. before you get married. But ultimately it's better for you. And even though there are you may break up during it because I think that's a fear like what if you find out something you don't like about your partner during don't the counseling don't you want to find out before all of this money? and time <laughs> yeah. and effort like why wouldn't you want to break up before you get married and before you have the kids and before yeah. all of the the everything's commingled and it's just you know I'm going on nine years of marriage which I never would have ever dreamed that that would be be I'd be able to even say that and things still come up all the time. New things, new discussions, new understandings, new compromises. And even though we don't, we go with the flow a lot. I think my husband and I, and probably, I mean, I, I got to give it to him. I'm sure he does a lot more of it, but I'm going to give myself credit because, you know, a lot of women go off a lot about a lot of things. And I just, I try to assess whether it's something that I need to bring up. Like I rarely bring anything up the first time it hits my head. Like if something hits my head, whether it's uh, cleaning up uh, the living room or picking shoes up, if it's the first time it happens, I don't bring it up. And it has to happen over and over again before. And I have to decide what I'm going to do about it because just because you express your frustration doesn't mean the situation is going to change so you have to also decide whether you're going to live with say the shoes on the floor or you're going to pick them up every time because just because you're frustrated and you hope that the other person is going to receive that information they just may not care and it's it's just shoes it's just shoes and it's on the floor like you act like i'm putting them on the couch or something or on the bed So they don't think the same way. The other person, whether it be a man or a woman, does not think the same way. So you have to determine what you're going to do about it. And so I try to run all those scenarios through my head before I even open my mouth to my spouse about how things are going to happen or what I'm upset about and what part I'm going to play in the solution. So I think it's just really important to to handle all those things before you... And it doesn't, and I don't think marriage counseling um, prevents things from happening. What it does is it gives you an understanding and it helps you better figure the situation out when it comes up. So, okay, we talked about this in marriage counseling. So I know that, you know, after, you know, going through these sessions that I need to not react. Like what you said, as soon as I see something or, you know, Cause that's how I am now. Like I see something and it's like, poop, like a, like a, like a firecracker, just go, you know, and all the time it's like, you know, pro- like just process it for a while. Maybe think about why did that person do that? 
maybe they were, you know, the shoes was on the floor because they ran in and they had to do something. They kicked their shoes off and just forgot about it. Maybe because they were rushing to do something that you asked them to do and they didn't want to be upset. They didn't want you to be upset that you that you didn't get, you know, get through it. So, but I think premarital counseling and counseling during your marriage is just important because it's just, you know, getting things out before it becomes like built up in anger. And then it's like, oh, I just can't deal with this anymore. No, you can. You can. You just have to deal with it the right way. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, we've I mean, we did go to counseling in the beginning because I have a lot of, I would say, abandonment issues. I don't my dad's not in my in the picture. My stepdad was in the picture. But once he had his own kids, I wasn't quite looked at the same way. So I have a lot of issues with men in general. My grandfather, like I have no men really in my life who have been there consistently for me, except for my husband. So honestly, and we just had this discussion this last a couple weeks ago because I had never let him know that when he doesn't respond or he comes home late, like this weird anxiety goes off in me and it doesn't have anything to do with him because he's never not come home. But this weird anxiety goes off in me about that. I have this fear that he's not going to come home. And if I, if you stray from your plans, I don't have a problem with you straying from your plans, but just let me know because I start getting anxious and my mind starts racing in these very weird places. And then you get home and I'm upset and you don't know why. And I can't really explain it to you because it's not rational. And I know it's not rational. I know that I don't think you're cheating and you've only been gone an extra, you know, 45 minutes. It's not like I feel like you've been gone for four hours. And normally it's because you went to the grocery store, but you left work at four o'clock and now it's six o'clock and you're, I, I don't know where you are. So he's been doing very well with that information and pretty much checks me all the time now which is an interesting change because now it's like all the time that I'm getting a text I'm like oh okay all right but I always know where he is and I always know and it's not that I always have to like keep tabs on him like that like I'm not um I'm not worried like that it's just this weird it's an abandonment issue it's just feeling like that person's not gonna be there for you for some weird reason so it's something I have to deal with but it's great to have a spouse that that's understanding and that's what it does. Like with, in counseling is that all of that stuff comes up. Like why, why do you have anxiety? And then you, and then it gives you a chance with your partner there to say, you know what? Well, I have daddy issues or whatever the case is. So my expectations of you are a little higher because you know, I'm like, you know, for a, a, a good amount of time, my dad wasn't there. I didn't have a man in my life. So now I feel like I want you to do a little bit more to, you know, to feel that, you know, to fill that void that I'm feeling when really you have to understand that as a husband, that's not necessarily his his job. I mean, he's going to help you right. with that. But a lot of counseling is also not just dealing with issues that may come up in the relationship but also dealing with your personal issues. So like I even said before that I'm going to get counseling 
just individually because I don't want to bring in things from my past or extra baggage into my marriage just because, you know, my parents had a marriage that didn't work or other things that I've experienced. I don't want that to affect my marriage. You know, I want to have a clean slate and whatever it is I got going on because in a lot of times you don't even think certain things still affect you until something happens and it brings back that memory and you just turn into again a firecracker <laughs> next thing you know you acting crazy and you don't understand why so it's just good to be able to deal with those issues so I definitely recommend it and I even recommend it um you know I know some churches I have friends that go to churches that they have these small groups so for people that are even still dating but thinking about getting married they have like counseling services available which I think is great too because why even go buy a ring and you know be discussing you know getting engaged if you really don't want to be with this person because there are so many things that come up like do we want to have children how do you view finances and all of that stuff and when you really think about the things that make or break marriages it's stuff like that people don't discuss do you want to have kids like, you know, because you feel like, oh, you love someone. Well, of course you want to have kids. And then you get married and it's like, oh, so when are we going to start baby making? And it's like, I don't want any babies. And then that becomes an issue. But even not even even farther than that, because some people want a bunch of kids and some people just want one. Right. And you'll say, oh, yeah, they said they wanted kids. And your interpretation was that we're going to have a house full of kids. We're going to have seven or eight. And after the first one, they're like, we're done. <laughs> I'm going in to get a vasectomy and I'll see y'all see you later. Like right. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it just harvests it. It, it holds a lot. Of, people end up having a lot of resentment towards the spouse mm -hmm. because they weren't anticipating that. Yeah. And it's something very easy. A lot of these conversations are hard to have, but so worth it. And especially the, with the finances, because I went through Financial Peace University. I think, have we talked about it, dear? Yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't really talked about it, but I heard of it, and I think it's great. But go ahead. Yeah, it's a 10-week course through uh, most, a lot of churches host it. Mm -hmm. And you pay for the kit. You don't pay for the class itself. You pay for the kit. And the kit has, like, documentation, budgeting, and it's a step-by-step -step process to get you to your goals. And... A lot of times one person will say, uh, I've met lots of couples where one spouse will go and not the other spouse. And the problem with that is as much as one spouse wants to make those improvements, if you're both not on the same page, the improvements won't be made right. because the other person doesn't understand why you're making those changes. Like you might just say, we're not going to eat out for three weeks and they hear it as I'm getting fat. You want to <laughs> restrict my diet. And you're like, no, it's about the money. It really is because you don't realize how much money you spend on fast food until you. Well, <laughs> that's because you you're a, you're a special case. <laughs> but until you stop spending money on it, because that could be, you know, a third of your budget a month, depending on how much you spend. And when we have say like we had a party yesterday, I think we spent 40 bucks on food and spent fed 30 people. But that's because we took the time to plan what we're going to feed them. And, you know, hot dogs was on the menu. Yeah. So but that's a whole different thing than when you're you have to eat every day and then you come home and you're tired and you have to make that sacrifice to say, 
I'm going to cook or at least put pick something out of my refrigerator versus go to a fast food joint. And the person who goes to FPU says, hey, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to find we're have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches tonight and I'm going to call it a day. But the other person's like, no, I want some hot food or I want Chinese or I want sushi or whatever they want. And because they don't understand the same thing. So it's definitely even financial counseling is something that needs to be gone through together because you have to work through the issues together. And that's one of the things I appreciate with Financial Peace University because the homework requires you to talk to your spouse because they have a questionnaire that says, are you the free spirit or are you the saver? So you could be a little bit of both and your partners can be both. But the whole idea is there's often a free spirit who is someone who is willing to spend all the cash mm-hmm. and then the, uh, the saver who doesn't want anyone to spend anything. <laughs> and <laughs> so, well, except for fast food, right? But see, here's the thing though. I budget for that. Right. But that's but, you budget. Yeah. Yeah. So budgeting, but like, you know, my fiance is very much like, Oh, you know, well, we can't take it with us. I mean, he's always going to make sure that we're good. You know, he's not yeah. going to make any crazy financial decisions. Like, we're going to always be good. But it's still, like, certain things. I'm just like, do we really need that? Like, do we really need it? Let me see if I can find it cheaper on Amazon. <laughs> well, you know, I'm always looking for the Amazon deal. Yeah. But, yeah, so we all can have both of both aspects in us. But the point is that, it requires you if you go through the course to discuss it from both perspectives and get out why you have to, why you guys each want it. And when you make the budget, it is not about one person making the budget. Both people have to make the budget. So it can't be the person who's the saver saying, yeah, I want to sit down and make the budget. And then you stick to it. And the free spirit goes, wait a minute, but what about my stuff? Because that situation can't happen because you guys both sat down and talked about it. So, but that's not like about marriage counseling too. Um, bef- like you know, before we wrap up, but it's just that every time the the pastor gives us homework, where it takes the conversation outside of counseling. So we'll typically have to read something and then just have questions to discuss together. And that's great too because I feel like counseling just basically you know it opens up the door. But you really are supposed to talk about these things outside of the counseling session because what what he said this you know when we had our counseling session is like all of this is like the foundation of your marriage like when you think you the different issues and how the different personalities and stuff are like the two people's personalities this is what your marriage is basically gonna be like if you're gonna if you're that kind of person and like like me I'm the planner so I already know I'm probably gonna be the one planning family vacations and all this other stuff and so it's just it's just good to, you know, do that before you get married. I mean, I'm I'll tell anybody to do it. Believer, non believer, if you don't wanna go the you know, the, the Christian way or the the spiritual way, you can always just do it with a normal, you know, counselor, whatever the case is. But I definitely recommend it because just those things that you are not going to think to talk about because, oh, you're so lovey-dovey and I love this person and whatever I want, I know he's going to want to do it. But then things change, people change, life happens. So I just think it's important. I agree. Okay. (laughs) So I just wanted us to end on our business tip. Um, 
over the last month I've been going through my own issues, which I'll talk to you about the next uh, podcast. But I really just want to bring out a business tip of pay attention to what other people, who other people see in you, positive and negative. But for me, it's more of a positive. Like, I think the theme for my life over the last month has been leader. Like I've been told lots of times that I'm a leader, but I don't feel like I'm a leader. And I got into this deep conversation with my cousin and she's like, well, how do you not think you're a leader? Like you have blog followers, you have Pinterest, you have people who, you know, comment and like your Facebook posts and all this stuff. And how can you not feel like you're a leader? And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm that person. And I went to the conference and the people I went with said, you know, you've got such leadership qualities. What, when are you going to step up and do more next year? And it's weird because when I was in high school, I was the president and captain of everything, like literally across the board. Um, there was not an organization that I was not president or vice president of. And the only reason I wasn't president was because my best friend or a friend was the president. And I would, I don't like stepping on toes like that. Like there's no point in fighting with a friend. So, um, I don't know where it fell off for me that my confidence kind of shot down. Like I felt shot down. I don't know if it's because I'm not working. I don't know if it's because I, I don't know. Cause it's been for a while. It, it's not just, I've only not worked for, uh, it's going on four years, but it's been that for a while. Like things that I've really wanted to do. I was, I'll start the project and not finish it. And I didn't used to do that. I used to finish projects and finish them quickly and set a goal and attain them. And then it just fell off. So I've been listening to the theme of what I feel is the theme of my life right now is go into a leadership position or find out more about leading. So I'll be taking a training course at uh, my church, which I go to Christ fellowship and they have a, a leadership course to lead a life group. And it's basically a Bible study group. Um, and again, someone was like, you should go take the class. And for me, I was like, I don't understand why you would tell me to take the class. I'm just a participant. I just come here. You ask me a question and I answer it. I don't do anything else. And she says, no, I see you leading this next time. And I didn't, I'll say that I did not see her say that to everybody at the table. So I, I will take it that she saw something in me versus somebody else. But I think we need to take stock of what people tell us, especially if a lot of different people are telling you the same thing. Right. Um, and if it's on the negative side, unfortunately, if a lot of people are telling you the same thing, then you need to take stock of what that that is and whether that needs to be addressed. Because depending on what it is, it may be a negative to them, but it may be a positive to you. Right. So, um, but that's just my little business tip uh, for the week. I like it. Do you have something to add for a business tip? I think, I mean, just to go off of what April said, you know, she's she's saying, you know, people, you know, people tell us things all the time, or we see signs, and we feel like we need to be doing that. I think you just have to really... In, I've probably said this on 10 podcasts. You have to do what you're passionate about. Like, you know, if you feel like you haven't, like you want to be an entrepreneur, I really think that you should take a step out on faith, no matter what your situation is. If you feel, if it's a burning desire, 
inside of you, I really think that you should do it. And I say that because I'm struggling with that now. I'm always thinking about because I'm a planner and I need to know what's good. What is it going to be like two months from now? And a lot of times when you take that step out on faith, whether it's to leave your job or to do what it is you really want to do, you don't know. So, but, you know, a lot of great people, you know, didn't know. I was talking to someone today who I met. He's a stylist and he is from, he's from Indiana. And when he moved to New York, he had $62 to his name. And he was working at Saks Fifth Avenue in New York City, wasn't making any money because you have over 2,000 employees there. Everyone's trying to get commission or whatever. And then he remembered someone who, he used to style for back in Indiana who was in New York. And he called that person and he said, you know, this was an athlete. Two days later, he had a job with this athlete. And now he's doing what he loved, which is helping people with style and, and fashion and everything else. But it's like me, if I only had $63, my thought process wouldn't have been, oh, you know, I'm going to quit my job because I hate it. It would have been like, how can I get more hours or what can I do to like, you know, supplement that not leave it so you know if you have that burning desire go for it i just think you should you know pray meditate whatever it is that you do and take that step out on faith because that could just be like you know that can be your what's the word i'm looking for your breakthrough you know your breakthrough moment well i like that too <laughs> so um we're gonna wrap it up this week um i'm april and i'm Quaya. And thank you for listening to Run Your World. Please leave us a comment, some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. What do you like? What do you don't you like? We want to hear from you and make this a community. Talk to you later. Bye.